court before the throne of Almighty God. This morning you're before His presence. There's a song called I Can Only Imagine. I, I, I think about that song all the time. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when I get there and see Him. Will I fall on my face? Wow. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. I'm seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Oh, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name, you are my all in all. And when I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup, you are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, Thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege of worshiping in this place. Thank you for a country where we can do that freely. God, we give you glory and praise and honor for these moments. God, thank you for what you're about to do in this place this morning. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I want to take a couple of minutes before I, uh, you know, when a preacher says a couple of minutes, that's preacher talk too, so. Anyway, take a little bit to talk to you about 
some of the things happening. <clears throat> and maybe who I am as a pastor. Um, it's no accident that I'm here. God has brought me here and there's no question about that in my mind. But past the duty of God's calling me to this place, this is the greatest church I've ever been a part of. And I, I, I'm not even uh, trying to make you get the big hit or nothing. I'm telling you, this is the time that I've ever had right now in, in the ministry. It is wonderful. Sheila and I have a hunger, a hunger for this place. When I come to visit you in your home, I'm not coming because I'm a preacher and I've got to come visit you. I'm coming because I want a relationship with you. I hunger for you. I, I pray for every single person, every member of this church, every single day. There's a group of guys that the deacons and so on and so forth, I send them a little encouragement just because I've got to harass them every day. I send them a little encouragement. But I want them to remember every day I'm praying for them and their families. I don't want you to forget that. It's important to me. And I, I take that very, very seriously. So I want you to know who we are. We're, we're hungering to get into that parsonage. Why? Because I just believe God wants to do something in, this, in Stonewall County, in Kent County. I just believe he's moving in powerful and mighty ways. I want to be a part of that. I really do. We want to get here because there's some things that maybe, especially after yesterday and, and, and visiting with, with the other churches that were there at, the, at that um, revival time yesterday, I realized maybe we're missing some things in our churches. Maybe we're, we're not doing some things we used to do because, well, there's not enough people or there's not enough time, there's not enough money, there's not enough this, there's not enough that. Well, if the Lord is calling you to do it, do it. If there's one or 10,000 there, it doesn't make any difference. So she doesn't have hunger to get here. And so pray for that. It's kind of a tough time for Sheila and I because, man, we're, you know, there's lots of, lots of pieces to the puzzle. Um, we've got to get the parsonage going. We've got to sell a bunch of stuff. We've got to get our house ready to be sold. We've got to get this done and we get that. So when I say that, one of the things that Sheila and I have struggled with is it's kind, of like, it's kind of like burning the ships. You know, Nero um, sent the 10th um, army of the Romans around to Britain, and he burned all the ships behind them. There was no way to get out. The only thing they could do is fight their way back to, uh, to Rome. And it's kind of that same thing with us. We're, we're all or nothing. So selling the house, selling everything, moving to Peacock, that's it. We've asked the question, what are we going to do if, if we get over there and and, uh, and get too old to do this or whatever. Or Sheila's always worried about if I'm going to die. Well, if I die, you know, I don't know what to think about that. Sometimes I worry about, you know, I kind of I think about, well, does she take out another insurance policy or what? But anyway, it's a whole different road. But we hunger to be here. And, and I see God moving in tremendous ways in this place. There are so many people between here in Aspermont and here in Jayton that need to know Jesus. And man, yesterday one of the one of the discussions that we had was one of the pastors thinks, well, if we're all supposed to be in unity and we're all supposed to 
to, to be together, why aren't we like that? Why, don't, why aren't there just one church, one church building rather than 14 church buildings? Well, there's an answer to that. You see, I believe God has strategically placed every single church where he's placed them. He's laid on the hearts of people. I don't need a church right here. And so this church building strategically is placed by God so that we can reach the people around this place. We start in Jerusalem, we go to Judea, we go to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now we had a funny discussion. Terry, uh, Dana's brother and I had a, had a discussion that I never had thought about before. Well, no, I thought a lot about it, but, but I'm from Swenson. You know, Ashmont, you don't really fit in because you're from Swenson. Then you don't go to Peacock because it's Peacock. We sure are not going to go to Jayton. And she and I have had this discussion. Do I, do I go buy Jayton Jaybird stuff? You know, me a hat, some stuff, go to football games, go to football games at Ashmont and get me some more. I don't know. You know, we ain't from around here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's a funny thing to realize that God is God of every single person. It doesn't matter. We're going to reach people. We're going to reach Ashmont. We're going to reach Peacock. We're going to reach Jayton. It's going to be awesome. God is going to move in powerful ways. So he is putting all things together in place. I was at Home Depot, and this guy named Dale, who had done some work at Victory Life Church, was at Home Depot. And I saw him and said, hey, man, how are you doing? His first thing out of his mouth was, well, what's going on in your life? I said, well, I'm pastoring out Peacock, and we're stripping down this parsonage and going there and his next his next statement was well I got a warehouse full of stuff and if y'all just let me know and we'll we'll go divvy some up wow okay now for you guys we got we got a, a good bit of stuff from his warehouse but his warehouse is like a museum these guys can attest to that everything was for sale by the way if you want it but um Dale took us in there we didn't get as much stuff as I'd hoped he he was kind of holding tight to some stuff that I really wanted, but you know, that's his stuff. But we got some bill, and what that told me was that God was moving in this thing. You know, just, just for that offer to be opened up to us was amazing. So God was moving there. He moved yesterday. We had about, I don't know, 50, 60 people show up at the, at, at the revival last night. It was good, we had some, some good preaching. But I suddenly came to realize that, you know, those guys and I don't agree on everything. And that's okay. I mean, they love the Lord. They're, for instance, there's some, some things that, that they believe about the way the Holy Spirit works that I go, well, but that's the way they read it. You know what? They love the Lord. And, and they believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. They believe the Word of God is the Word of God. And guess what? We can work with that. You know what? Every farmer doesn't do everything the same way the other farmer does. God's got them all for one purpose. Man, so we're going to love the Lord together. We're going to work with these other churches. We're going to work with anybody that wants to reach people for Christ. Have you ever been there and you just forgot what else you were going to say? Yep. Even preachers get that. Even preachers get that way sometimes. But needless to say, I do nothing, nothing because I got to anymore. I, 
I was compelled at one time. Sheila can say I was duty bound. There was one time when I had my little list down when I got out of the army. This is the way things go to go, go today. And sometimes me and Holy Spirit had a little problem with that because he wanted me to do something else. Because I have to anymore. I do it because, God, I love you guys. And the love of God, I hope, flows through me and out to you. I want to see people reach for Christ. More than that, I feel like God has given me a second chance. Some of you guys, I've told this before. When I left Ashford, Texas, I left. <laughs> I left. When I left Ashford, Texas, Texas, there was not very many people that I trusted. And I didn't make hardly any relationships when I was in high school. Few. But I couldn't find any. I came to homecoming. When I was at Swenson, I came to homecoming. And there was these little groups talking about what they did when they went to school. And, you know, hey, man, you remember what time we did this? I suddenly found myself in the middle of myself. Just me. I was the group because I didn't do anything with anybody. And it, it kind of pained me that I had not spent time building relationships here. And I just feel like God has given me a second chance at that. And I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about that. Maybe uh, we couldn't get together when we was young, but maybe as we're old men, we'll learn forgiveness a little bit better. So I'm excited about those things. One last thing that I didn't mention a while ago. I knew I'd come back to it here in a minute. There's some of those cards back there on the back table that uh, has mine and Sheila's name and number on there. And then I got some new fancy cards made. And uh, there's some of those back there that has my number and an email address. I am available. I'm available 24-7. I don't take pastoring that is an 8-to-5 job. It's 24-7-365. If I'm on vacation, call me. If I'm at home at Slayton, call me. If I'm out here in the RV, call me. You want to come by and see me? Come by and see me. I usually am here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday right now. That may change. Football season's coming. I may have to change days. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here for you. So don't hesitate to call me. If you need me to pray for you about something, if you need help, don't hesitate to call me. Uh, if, if, if you come by and my little pathfinders out there, I'm either in this office or at the parsonage. Or I am, uh, I am over at the RV. Come by. I'm, I'm available. Uh, if it's not here, I'm not here, by the way. I just want to let you know. But if you come by, man, I'd, I'd love to see you. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the privilege, God, to, to just give a little bit of my heart. God, I thank you for what you're about to do in this place, in Ashpermont, in Jayton. God, I give you glory for what's about to happen in these days. It's going to be the greatest days, I'm convinced, that's ever been, Father. And I thank you for that. God, may we be the brightest, shiniest light in the world for you. Thank you for that privilege, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, if you would take your Bibles today and turn to the book of Romans.
Romans chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 23. If you ever wanted a relationship with somebody, you just saw, you know, a guy, a guy, a girl, it doesn't make any difference, but you think, man, I'd like to get to know that person. So what do you do? Well, you go out there and you, 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 you kind of try to get to know them a little bit, what they think and what they look, and if they, if they think kind of like you do and you know, they, they, you kind of talk with them a minute and you think, well, this guy might be all right. I might, I might make a, a friend out of him before it's all over with. Or there could be some way, there's a guy here named, John Ray Godfrey, he's still John Ray Godfrey on my phone, by the way. In, 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 in my house, John Ray was revered. Now, Seal and Gene, they're just people. All right, I love Seal and Gene, but John Ray Godfrey. Great athlete, best that's ever come out of Ashmont. And, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, John, but I'm just, even when I came here, even when I came here, even when I came here, my, in my heart, I'm going, oh, John Ray Godfrey, how do I even approach him? Y'all laugh at that, but it's, it's serious on my part. Well, coming and getting to know John Ray Godfrey is totally different. It's awesome. I thought, man, I'm going to get to have a relationship with John Ray Godfrey. It's awesome. He's just a guy. But here's what the Bible says about what God did. First of all, that he loved us so much he sent his only begotten son. That if we would believe in him, he would give us eternal life to live with him forever. But then Romans 5, 8 says, says that God demonstrated his own love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait to come and he wanted a relationship with us so bad, he didn't even wait to come see if we thought like he thought. Instead, he demonstrated his love towards us. And while we were still haters of him, sinners away from him, couldn't come into his presence, he loved us. Wow. That's what kind of a God we serve. A God that has demonstrated his love to us over and over again. So if you go to chapter 6 and look at verse 19, it says this. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your nat natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to your impurity and to ever increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sins, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at, the, at that time from the things that you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. I want you to think about this passage of Scripture for a minute. God, who, who has made every breath you breathe. We don't think too much about breathing. Well, maybe some of you do, but don't think too much about breathing. But yet, without that, we would die. And yet, every breath that we breathe is from God. It's a gift that he's given us. He loves us that much. And, and once we were given over to all these things that we know was not right. We still are. The Bible says we're bent to sinning. We have a, we have a, a, a desire inside of us. But there's also a choice. And in, in the Genesis, we were reading through that in the fourth chapter, and he, he, he comes to Cain, and he said to Cain, 
Sin is sitting at your doorstep, and you're going to have to rule over it. Wow. It's coming for you. We talked about that a little bit in the, in the 5 o'clock Bible study. It's coming for you. It's right there. But you've got the choice to rule over it because God has given you that ability. He's given you that ability. Paul writes, but now you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit reaps you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Wow. What a privilege God has given us. Then he comes to this passage of Scripture. Some of you maybe are familiar with this passage of Scripture. If, you, if you've ever memorized the Romans Road, this is a passage of Scripture that is that is familiar to you. But Romans 6.23 is one of the greatest tools I have ever found to lead someone to Christ. Now the funny thing is, is, is Jesus, I mean, Paul is, is writing here, God is writing to the Roman Christians. These are young Christians in Rome, and when you think about their whole situation, it's unbelievable. The Romans didn't just dislike the Christians. They had caused, caused rebellion in the Roman world. There were even Roman guards, at Sardis especially, that, that these Christians, they were having those Christians put together on horses and pulled apart. They would literally chain the, the Christians to four horses and go four different directions. And these Roman soldiers had so much respect for that that some of them chained themselves to the horses too. They believed in that instant that what their God was true. Wow. Well, that was causing some uproar. I mean, you're losing soldiers to these guys. Man, you've got to do something about that. So even Nero, who was in power at this time, Nero was, it said, lighting the streets of Rome with the bodies of Christians, wrap them in oil and light them up. Wow. So these young Christians that were in Rome, Paul had never seen them face to face. They're tough. I mean, when you talk about standing up for your faith, it's unbelievable what they were going through. And so Paul is writing the whole book of Romans to tell them, keep strong. This is how to live. This is what you used to do this and you used to live this way. But now, you, even if they kill you, you're, you've got eternal life. Righteousness is yours. Wow. Don't go back to those old ways. And he says this, this to them in 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in or through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've got to make a choice this morning. That's why I put little arrows, or I did not. This is all Sheila's creation, because if David wasn't done this, you probably couldn't read it. But anyway, that's why there's points on the end of that, of that cross. You've got a choice today in your life as a Christian. You've got a choice today to which side you're going to choose. I mean, you don't know what wages is. What's a wage? Make money. What else? Come on now. What you've earned. There you go. Anything else? 
So wages is something you earn. What's sin? The Bible says any wrongdoing is sin. All wrongdoing is sin. What's death? You know what the Bible says death is? Eternal separation from God. Because God made us to live eternally. Every single one of us. And you're going to choose either to be separated from him for eternity or to be with him for eternity. Wow. So wages, sin, the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. How many of y'all want that? Glory. Really? You know that all of the people, and I've shared this with, wow, lots and lots of people. I have not had one single person, even when they had to put down their beer, or they were high, or anything else, I have not had one single person yet go, yeah, I think I'd like to have that one. I'd like, I'd like, I think I'd like to earn me some death from, from sin. That sounds like a good thing. Just eternal separation from God. Yeah, that'd be great. But, that little word but, by the way, means everything on this side is opposite of everything on the other side of it. It's a great little word. But the gift, what's a gift? Do you have to earn that? No. A gift. God has given you a gift. God, if, if sin is wrongdoing, then God would be holiness. No wrongdoing. There's nothing, no blemish in him. He's holy. And eternal life, living forever in the presence of God. Now, if, if you guys were lost, I'd say, which one, of y'all is, which, which one do you want? You've you got to pick. This goes to heaven, and this goes to hell. And that side leads to wages, sin, and death. And this side leads to gift and God eternal life. Which one do you want? Which direction do you want to go? You say, well, that, that's just too simple. No, it's not too simple. It's exactly what God has said. You need to make a choice. And so I find this, though, for the Christian, is an everyday choice. Are you going to choose to live for Jesus? Are you going to choose to to allow him to guide and direct your life today? Are you going to choose to do what he's called you to do? The Bible says in the book of of John chapter 14, three times over, if you love me, keep my commandments. Those who love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, then you love me. He says it, he puts it three different ways because I guess the guys around him just weren't getting it. But today, when your little eyeballs pop open in the morning, are you going to choose Jesus? Are you going to choose gift in God and eternal life? Are you going to choose peace and joy in your life today? Or do you want the other one? Boy, it's easy. It's easy for me to do this one. I'm going to tell you. Wake up in the morning. Get up. Sheila didn't fix me the right breakfast. Oh, my gosh. Now my nose is tired. Go down the road. If you're in Lubbock, Texas, somebody's going to cut you off. That's just the way it is. 
Boy, now I'm about halfway mad. You're going to go into a store and somebody's going to be rude to you today. Woo. All that leads to is death. The wages of that sin in my life is separation from God. Because sometimes in that day I'm going to have to come and go, God, I've messed this day up. I need your forgiveness. I don't feel you. I know that I'm yours, but I haven't been acting like it today. I need forgiveness. Wow. I need you to make a better day. Or I'm going to choose and gift in God and eternal life. The choice is yours this morning. The choice is every day. I, I used to carry one of these with me all the time, a little sheet of paper. I'd go in to visit with somebody and ask them about their relationship with God. If they didn't know Jesus, I'd ask them, which one of these do you want? And I've had people go, I'm just not ready for that yet. And I hand them that little piece of paper and go, here, put that on your refrigerator someplace. Think about it a little bit. And I don't know how many people have come to know Jesus. Because they suddenly realized that was the road they were down, is wages, sin, and death. But I find that in my life every single morning, I've got a choice of which road I'm going to take. Every day. Every day. Sheila gave a good example a while ago about Paul and Silas. I don't know what I would have done if they'd have beat me half to death and put me in chains because I was serving Jesus. I don't know at midnight if I could have woke up and went, okay, Silas, let's just start praising the Lord right here about that. Let's have a little praise session. But that's what Paul chose to do because he chose life. Wow. What about you today? You know, it's not about coming to church. It's not about how good you are. It's about a choice that you're going to make to choose Jesus or not. Wow. It makes a total difference in your day. Let's go, Lord, and pray together. Father, I thank you for what you're doing today. I thank you in this place, God, that you've given us a choice today. And God, you haven't just left us alone in that choice. You've given us the Holy Spirit inside of us to guide us and direct us towards the good. It seems so simple. And yet, God, sometimes I struggle with it being so difficult. So, Father, I, I pray for our hearts today in this place. God, we might wake up every single morning and choose life. Then, Father, there are people around us, all around us, every day, Father, that are making those choices too. Help us to encourage them. Help us to share with them how they can have life eternally. What a great beautiful thing that you've allowed us to do. You've demonstrated your own love towards us and that while we didn't even know you at all, you died for us. It made it possible to have a relationship with you. And God, I thank you for that today. I praise you for what you're doing right now in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation in just a moment.
What's God laying on your heart? What is God doing in your life? Let's stand together as we sing this morning. I don't know what decision you're struggling with today. Maybe you just need to come to this altar and fall down before Father. You certainly don't have to confess anything to me. But man, I want to walk the road with you. I want to walk the road with you. I want to be more than just family. I want to be, or more than just friends. I want to be family. I want us to be brothers and sisters together. Bear each other's burdens together. Whatever your decision is, I ask you to make it this morning as we sing.